Welcome to Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. You have to have that belief. If not, don't, don't get involved with Wrexham Football Club. And you know we're Wrexham fan. I know them inside out. They're passionate. They want to get back to where they've been before. And yeah, you know, it's been a long time. But when that day comes, I tell you, Wrexham will explode. I've got my expectations up there and no one's going to knock it down. Coming up on the podcast today, a special interview with the Magic Little Man. Troy on all, welcome back to Fearless in Devotion with me, Reese Williams, Tim Edwards, Andy Gilpin, and Liam Randall. How are we, lads? Very well. Too bad. Very well. Very good, thank you. Well, where to start with that uh, with that Eastley game? That was uh, quite something. I haven't seen a thirty man brawl in quite a long time. It's like you remember on um, commentators say, "Oh, no one wants to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> I'd love to see a brawl involving every every person on on the pitch." And it was good, you know, it was like you could see that the players really are playing for him. You know, mm. Elliot Durrell was vaulting seats like, the, like they were the high jump hurdles. You know, um, Jamie rec- uh, Record came all the way across from the other side of the pitch. You could tell it meant a lot to them to protect their, their boss. I think there was a sense of injustice probably in the players during that match. I think they thought a lot of, a lot of decisions went against them and that was just another thing that really tipped them over the edge. But, you know, it was good team spirit. They are working for each other. And, you know, one loss in 13 games. They're, they're doing all right. It was great. I mean, you know, I don't want to condone violence, but it was just amazing to watch. I mean, you know, we some of us watched it together, didn't we? And we were just all just screaming into the telly, like, go on, get stuck into them. Can you imagine it if, if there was a crowd there for that? It would be Oh my God. Yeah, I think that you'd have fans jumping over the advertising boards and everything. It was just, I mean, they were a horrible bunch of players and staff, it has to be said now, during that melee. They didn't, they, they absolutely disgraced themselves. And yeah, it, it's very much that all for one, one for all spirit, which we love to see and long may it continue. Uh, it's just amazing to see how much things have turned around in the last sort of uh, couple of months, the way everyone's pulling together and I think that's what people were most um, impressed about really. I think the physio earned my man of the boxing match just the way he went in tearing heads off. Although although I think someone did point out that he, he got a bit of an elbow himself so he had just cause uh, for flying in like he did. <laughs> yeah because I, when I initially saw that I thought what is the physio is furious and he was looking like he was going around swinging but then as you rewatch it you can see that as he's coming down he, he cops an elbow doesn't he? Someone yeah. proper goes for him. Yeah, so it was a bit of a bit scummy behaviour. I think Eastley are probably down as one of my least favourite clubs in the division at the minute, probably from from the playoff memories from a few years ago. But uh, like Tim said, their goalkeeper mm. was a bit of a knob that day. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, there seems to be a really good spirit around the place. I, I remember thinking a couple of months back how players just seem to be going through the motions, but they're all really fighting for it now. Do you know what? I've just done a Dean Keats apology piece for the for the Daily Post. So a couple of months ago, I wrote I loved watching Wrexham, and I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I'll be honest, I did. I mean, yeah. there wasn't a lot of enjoyment there. They weren't picking up results, and the standard of play on the pitch wasn't great. Since that article, 
you know, it's obviously nothing to do with me. But <laughs> since since then, they've really improved. They've gelled together as yeah. a team. Um, you know, they, they work hard up front. They're industrious in midfield. They're they're not easy to beat, and mm. they're fourth in the league. They're there on merit. You know, well done. You know, you've got it. Also, you know, we're here to criticise when they don't do well, but we also have to give them credit when it's due. And at the moment, it's due. Well said, Andy. Disappointing the winning run had to come to an end, but a very decent point for the Reds under the circumstances. Moving on, as you all know by now, our features are dedicated to the club song Wrexham is the Name. And it's time for the first of those regular features this week, History Only Tells a Story, where we take a look back through the archives to discuss our favourite Wrexham-related moments. Last week we discussed that game versus Boston and that Chrissy Llewellyn goal. Andy's up this week. What have you got for us? I have got probably the premium bit of Wrexham AFC YouTube content. <laughs> I'm just going to play the first few bars of this and you will know straight away what it is. With eight minutes left. Now 11 is Phillips. Five there is the captain, Nicky Thomas. It's Thomas who takes it. Oh, what a goal, Nicky Thomas! <laughs> Done it, the magic little man. I've heard that commentary a few times. You know what, I think we've all heard this commentary a few times and who better to take us through the the goal than Mickey Thomas himself. Hi, Mickey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm very happy you played that clip. Um, I only play it three or four hundred times a day myself. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, you never get tired. Well, I never get tired of watching it or listening to it. Um, One of the great days of Wrexham history. not because I scored the goal, but there was a, 10 other players on that football pitch that day who played well above themselves. And the result, as everyone knows, is still the biggest, I believe, in FA Cup history. And obviously, uh, at the particular time of the game, we were 1-0 down. Where we didn't look like we were, we, we were going to get a goal and we get that free kick. And obviously, the rest is history. But I'll talk you uh, right through that because... Without doubt, you're not going to hear anything else but just me talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I bet it's, it's your ringtone. Yeah, it's a goal. I looked at the clock and we have a free kick with what eight or nine minutes to go. And I said to Wayne Phillips initially to pass me that ball. Then I thought about the Thursday training session where I took a five-yard run-up and hit it with great power. Never hit the target. It's still going around the universe. But <laughs> I thought I'm going to try the same process. And we had two players in that wall. My job was to aim for them and they would get out of the way. Uh, fortunately, they did do that. And as I hit that ball, as you well know, from a golf shot, whatever, once you hit that ball, you know. I could see that was going top right-hand corner. And Seaman, one of the best goalkeepers around at that particular time, just about got a hand to it, but he couldn't stop it entering the back of the net. And the celebrations after were absolutely incredible. Um, I've scored some great goals in my career. Uh, that has to be the the top one uh, in terms of what it meant to Wrexham Football Club. And, you know, let's not forget the guy that scored the winning goal, Steve Watkin, who very rarely gets a mention. You know, that was just as important as my equaliser. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it a game that the final whistle, as you said, the celebration, but incredible and it's something that I'll never, never forget. 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. A lot of people think you think that was the winner, but it wasn't, was it? Watkins, what Watkins was the winner, just as a just as important as that goal. What was your? Were you the free cake taker at the time, Mickey? Because I know Gareth well, Owen was in yeah. that team. Look, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I took a couple and that, but you know, nothing to um, beat that strike on that day. You know, as I said, some things happen in life, and some things are meant to be. And as you well know, if you look through the 90 minutes or the first 45 minutes, they absolutely battered us, but they only get the one goal. And that was right yeah. on half time, which probably for them was the wrong time to score because they've gone in the dressing room half time thinking this is going to be five or six. I was in the other dressing room captain thinking, yeah, this is going to be another five or six, but that didn't materialise. When you asked Wayne Phillips to get that ball, did did you warn him off? Did did Wayne fancy it himself? What what was? Can you remember what that conversation no, was? Uh, yeah, we had the free kick. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, commotion because obviously they didn't think it was a free kick. So you can understand uh, the lack of concentration from them. Maybe and then cost them dearly. Um, I said to Wayne, just pass it to me because I, oh, I I I always had a, a good left foot. Then I thought, no, as I said, I, I, I thought what I did on the Thursday at the training ground. I thought. I'm going to try the same thing. And it worked to perfection. I mean, you know, uh, goalkeeper of his calibre couldn't get mm. anywhere near it, really. It was a great goal. And as he said, we needed something special to get back in the game. And it, that, that was it. You think you was... up for six, Mickey, because after that, to, to go up and, and score, score the winner, for, you know, for Steve Watkins to do that, do you think they were, they were reeling a little bit and couldn't, couldn't believe it was one each and they were just regrouping before Wrexham came at them again? Well, if I was in shock, you can imagine what they were in. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can understand that goal certainly rocked them. I, I thought the second half, they never really got going in the game. I thought that one goal just before time really took the sting out of their, you know, their aggression in the game. They really never got going. And you know, we had one or two little half chances. And you know, then eventually, as I said, we get the free kick. Yeah, I mean, they were certainly rattled by it. And obviously, the second goal by Steve, you know, I know it wasn't spectacular, but... It was such a great uh, goal for me because that, that was the goal to win the game. And, you know, the, the celebrations, I don't care, 14,000 in that game, they will never forget that day, just as I don't. You know, it's something special that only happens now, well, once in a lifetime, maybe. Absolutely. Vicky, before we start to talk more about your Wrexham career, can we just ask how you are at the moment? Because I know you, oh, you well, were... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still, obviously... In rehabilitation, I, I, I've obviously still got things. I've still had no teeth at the bottom. It's all got taken out because of my can. I still have to wait just so I'm strong enough to get them put back in. Um, my my hearing from the chemotherapy has affected me quite a lot as well. Um, I'm struggling in that area. Um, but, you know, I, this is only, I can tell you now, I've got a scanning uh, on the 24th of April uh, to see how I'm going, um, which is obviously a nervous, nervous time for me. That will be uh, before I'm waiting for the results to come to. So, so yeah, I have had, I've had a bad time. You know, I, I read something that my daughter sent me this today, uh, uh, funny enough, uh, about a guy the same condition as me has only got two months to live. You mm. know, so you know, I, I'm very lucky in that respect because when I got diagnosed, he said it wasn't good for me. So um, I, I, I'm delighted still to be here. Might not look great, but I, I'm still here. Well, we're all delighted you're still here, Mickey, and hopefully you'll be running across the beach in, uh, in Colwyn Bay soon. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's great to hear you're doing so well. Mickey, listen, as we've got you on, we thought you could join us for more of our regular features. The next one is where we ask each other about fearless in devotion moments following, or in your case, perhaps, playing for the town. In Fearless in Devotion, Mickey, we're looking for a moment that's really filled us with passion when we're following Wrexham. Now, you, you can't have the goal against Arsenal this time, Mickey, but is there something that comes to mind when we talk about that kind of moment? Well, I, I think if you understand that uh, coming from where I did in the, in the council state uh, down the road in Moxworth, where um, I wasn't the cleverest, I couldn't read or write, um, to get the opportunity from a great manager, one of the greatest managers in my eyes, in John Neal, who got me and Joey Jones on board. and the thing that I'll always remember, and I won't ever forget it, you can talk about my goals, you can talk about how many games I've played, 300, whatever. It was my first game um, at Bournemouth away. I came on substitute, you know, to, to get that opportunity to play to a level that, you know, you want to, you know, you dream about. And to get an opportunity, although it wasn't a great result, Wexham were getting beat 3-1 at the time when I did come on. It was to get the ball and put the ball through the full-backs uh, legs uh, and then get a shot on goal, and yeah, I mean, the first game putting a jersey on, a shirt, you know, that that's why I hold Wrexham in high esteem to anyone, because they give me an opportunity in life to do what I wanted to do. And they don't really know that I couldn't be the right anyway, but that's the only thing I wanted to do was be a footballer. And, you know, thank God and thank John Neal and Wrexham for giving me that opportunity because, you know, I've had a great life uh, through being a professional footballer. I read as well that quite naturally, maybe, maybe it doesn't happen these days, who knows, but you spent the first sort of couple of years at Wrexham doing the bits like cleaning boots and cleaning the changing rooms. So you really obviously had to, to work for that sort of first start. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, that's a very good education. That's, you know, brings you down to a level that, you know, if you want to be the best, you've got to go and do the dirty work. I used to clean the boots. Dave Gaskell I used to clean his boots. Even more great players at Wrexham Football Club. Um, yeah, you had to do the stands, you had to do all the sweeping up, you had to do the pitch and that. So, you know, me and Joey wasn't really great at doing that, to be honest. You know, we used to go missing <laughs> one or two times. But yeah, um, that, that was a good upbringing. I think that was a perfect thing to give you, you know, a, a reality and what, what life is below that's, you know, before you make a professional football. It gives us a good, a good learning curve without question. Joey, you've just sort of mentioned one of the greatest love affairs in football, you and, you and Joey Jones. So, how would can you sort of take us back to the first time you 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 met him? You know, did you know straight away he's going to be a pal of mine? I mean, you're obviously from the same neck of the woods. Were you travelling up together? Uh, we travelled everywhere. You know, um, we grew up together. Well, I didn't grow up still the same size, but um, yeah, we 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 um, grew up together. As I said, we 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 know each other inside out. We're best friends now. We speak every day. You know, Joey has. You know, let's not forget Joey has had a very serious illness. Um, you know, he's been very, very poorly for a number of years. He's, he's getting stronger now, but, you know, he's been through a bad time. But when you go through, um, you know, into a, you know, I had problems, guys, you know, as I said, but I, I couldn't walk into a room. I was a very nervous individual. You know, people used to think I was cocky. That was, that was just a, a, like a, a, a little bit of a lie. I wasn't, I was nervous in that. So mm. he was a great friend to me from day one. You know, and I have had my problems off the pitch and that, but he's always stuck by me. He's always the first person to pick up the phone. You know, even today in that, you know, he's always encouraged me in that. He is one, un 
I can say one of the most amazing guys you could actually meet. You know him, guys, Andy. You know, you know, yeah, he I is Wrexham yeah. through and through. He is an incredible human being. His knowledge of the game, you cannot question. He knows the youngsters. He's, his, his reputation, I tell you, and what he's brought, the production line, what he's brought through Neil Taylor, you know, Gavin Ward, people that didn't want them at the football club. That youth system has been so great for Wrexham. When I started, John Neal started that programme. And that's where Wrexham have to concentrate and focus on. That is where they can make players great and invest in the football club as well. Yeah, I I'm think sorry to go on, guys. No, no. I mean, to be honest, it's, it's, you, you sound so passionate about it, Mickey. It's really, really nice to see. Really nice to hear. I mean, you sort of touched on it there. Wrexham has changed in the last few months in a way that no one could could expect. And I think we're all looking to the future now. Do you sort of how firstly, how do you sort of how do you sort of what do you think about the takeover? And secondly, what do you think they can really do to really push the club on? And I I know you sort of mentioned the youth system there. It'd be great to have that back. But firstly, what do you feel about the takeover? Well, it's changed since some, some well, since we were there. Of course, it's changed, and that you know, this is the lowest they've ever been in the history. I don't like where they are. You know, I get aggressive because I want us to get out of that league. Um, yeah, I think the new owners for me have lifted me. They've lifted everyone. They have, you know, we have a belief now. That these guys have took over that they have. You know, um, I don't know no idea how the game is played over here they've been brutally honest but they have people installed now to get Rex and maybe back into the football league where they where they belong <laughs> and you know hopefully this season you know I think this is the best opportunity I think the league's poor I think they can do it I think there's so many opportunities this season to get out of this league uh, if we can do that because you know this this thing is rolling now and it's rolling at a very fast pace we don't want it to get derailed, so we have to continue winning. We have to keep focus on what we've got to do. Get out of this horrible league. You know, we don't want to be at this level. You know, when people say, oh, you know, these are good players. Yeah, at this level, we're at a non-league level. I wanted to get back into the professional, you know, thinking mind. Get the fan, what, 15, 20-year-old fan now, doesn't know any different. Let's change yeah. that. Let's get back to the good old days. I know I don't want to be like a, a dinosaur, but I've seen what Wrexham can provide. The, the, the support down this North Wales coast is absolutely huge. You know, if yeah. Wrexham have a little bit of sign of success, then people mm. will come to that turnstile. If yeah. you give everything for that badge, the fans will accept you. Anything less, you're going to get abused. But they're all passionate, just like I am. And I want to see them back for them people. Don't take this the wrong way when we say, you know, I, I, I um, interact with Wrexham fans on social media, etc. You know, uh, you know, we're playing teams I've never heard of, Wheelstone and <laughs> King's Lynn, whatever you call them. Yeah. You know, that's what makes me angry because I don't want to be part of that. I want to be in the, you know, the football league. And, you know, it's not easy. We know what happened in the last, what, decade, what's happened to Wrexham. You're quite right. With these new owners now, I think let's give us something to fight for, you know, that they have a, 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 a belief for Wrexham fan, that we can do it. It's not up to us. It's not for the people off the pitch. The important people are on that pitch and the manager. They have to get it right. You can say what you want. It all happens on that pitch. You have to produce performance week in, week out and give the fans something. As you said, is it going to take two years? I don't want next year. I want this season. We have a possibility of getting up. Maybe not automatic. I still have a belief because that's the way I am. I want positive. But even in the playoffs, you know, we should be able to get out of this league this time round. Don't think about next year. Think what's in front of you and get there and fight for it. 
Sorry about that, guys. I'm getting aggressive. Okay. No, <laughs> no, it, it seems like you've watched the game against East League as we were all up for it after that. <laughs> yeah. Play that squad, yeah. definitely. Absolutely. I'm involved with Manchester United. I've worked there for 24 years. You know, Brian Robson, they all everyone ask about Wrexham. You know, because the history's there. They know what it's had. Don't forget when we played Bill Shank, one of the greatest managers of all time, used to come and watch Wrexham. You know, Man United players used to come on. Everyone used to watch his. You know, that team in 1977-78 was incredible. Quarter final of the FA Cup, you know, the European Cup, the, um, the FA Cup, you know, and get promotion and in style the last game of the season, 7-1 against Rotherham. You know, that team was unbelievable. And that's what I'm thinking about now that I want to see, you yeah. know, in the future. I know, and I'm, I mean, I'm impatient like you guys are. You know, we don't want to be going to whether it is Kings Lynn, whatever you call them, or we, we, we want to be playing, you know, I like Sheffield United, they won big, you know, big team. Uh, Norwich rather than Kings Lynn anyway, if we're talking yeah, that neck yeah, of the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, anything, you know. And, you know, the standard year has to be better. And for a football fan of Wrexham, who had, you know, the older statesmen have seen it and they know what Wrexham can have in terms of support. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I want to get back into the league. I want to get back at watching league matches in the new cop, which I hope is going to be called the Mickey and Joey stand. <laughs> oh, that would be nice. That would be nice. Yeah, as long as you don't have to pay to go and watch. <laughs> I mean, it's a cliche, right. but you could lend us twenty quid. Got <laughs> <laughs> uh, to go with that. Yeah, I'm going to that. Yeah, as, as, as you said, you know, I, I can see with you, Lottie, on now, obviously, because I know you and I met you, and I just think it's just it's so annoying that we can't get there now. You know what I mean? That's what you know, I know. I know. I'm sounding thinking, but I'm desperate for Rexham to get back. Well, Mickey, I wonder if you know how much of a part you may have played in actually the new owners choosing Wrexham themselves. Because on, on a recent podcast, um, Humphrey Carr, who's obviously the new executive director, he mentioned that when they were obviously drawing up their shortlist, one of the reasons that he was initially drawn towards Wrexham, obviously there was all the reasons they've already given, which is the fan base and and uh, and sort of the, the setup, but was actually because he used to have an old VHS tape of classic FA Cup goals and he remembered your free kick as one of them so ah. you may have inadvertently you could be the actual clincher the reason that that the takeover is actually happening oh uh, tell him I've got about 48 for him I'll go and give it that's what we want you know not just because of me but you know I always relate to the team that day you know because unfortunately the goal scorers always get you know the, the, the limelight because I remember as a 17-year-old, we were playing in Europe, and I made the goal prediction on Neil, and I was sitting in the dressing room. This is a true story. I've never told this story before. And all the press guys, where's the goal scorer? And I was only a young kid. I went, what about the guy that made the goal? It was me, obviously. <laughs> and they looked at me like that. And then they put it in the paper next day, and a little voice from the, from the, from the right-hand side came out, what about... Because oh, it was a good cross, obviously, and he scored the goal. But that's... The goal scorers always get it, but, you know, it's a team game. You know, Vince O'Keefe that day in goal for Rex, unbelievable. You know, it, yeah, it's all come together. You know, you, I don't forget them. I know without that, them, I wouldn't have scored that goal. No. And the referee, obviously, I slipped him a tenner. <laughs> 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 Coming soon from Fearless in Devotion, a brand new fanzine. 48 pages of Wrexham content including interviews, features and analysis. Here's a sneak peek of what to expect. I'm just going to hit you with a, with a couple of quick fire questions if that's no okay. No comment, no comment. 
<laughs> yeah, that before. Uh, What's the piece of advice that has always stuck with you? Um, I remember Mel Sutton. I was in the office with uh, Mel Sutton and John Leon. He said something about someone. Then he, within second, he went, hang on, he said, I don't know that guy. I'll judge him when I meet him. And I thought, yeah, I'll take that on board. Don't judge people until you meet them. Who was the one player you never wanted to cross? Uh, the full back in jail, he was, he was, he was in the back. Fair play. That's another good answer, that, mate. <laughs> Much more on the fanzine to come over the coming weeks, but now let's hear more from our interview with Wrexham legend Mickey Thomas. Who is the modern day equivalent of Mickey Thomas? Who would you who do you look at on that pitch and go, you know what? I can see a bit of myself in them, or vice versa. Um, that's a great question. I mean, these are on the spot questions, aren't they? I mean, I was a question. I was a, a, a ninety-minute player. I give everything in the game, so that, that was my style. Um, Obviously, scored one or two uh, uh, rockets in my career, but who would be like me now? Um, yeah, I'll have to pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm just trying to think. Um, is it, is, is there anybody that you see that, that's got the similar virtues and an outlook of the game, of what you had then, that somebody has now? Because, you know, obviously the game has changed. There's more money in it. But is there anybody on that yeah. pitch that, that lights it up because you can see it for the sheer love of the game? Uh, that's another great question. I mean, they're, they're hard hitting, aren't they? Especially when you put me on the spot like that. I mean, these are worse than the police are questions put to me. I tell you, I can't <laughs> uh, uh, um, I, I, I mean, this, uh, I wouldn't want to, I don't know. I mean, uh, as, as I said, I'm non stop. I just wanted to play the game, and you know, uh, I was I played off the cuff a lot. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know who was, who, who was that player. Um, very difficult I, I think we can deduce from that answer that there is no player anywhere, anywhere else in the world. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I so, think obviously the game's changed. I was aggressive. I wanted to win that ball. Don't forget the modern game. You can't challenge for the ball these days. No, no, that was my game. I, I played from my heart. I wanted to win that ball at all costs, but you know, that has been taken away. I mean, I don't know why. There's no rule book to say you can't challenge, but you can't lift your foot up today. And, you know, as a football fan I am now, um, I find it so frustrating that you can't go and challenge for a ball properly. You get defenders putting their arms behind their back. What's going on? Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't. You should be able to, you know, do the natural things you do on the football. But that, that's being taken away from the players. Yeah, it's a bit, bit it's yeah. a bit of a snowflake generation, I guess. And um, my, my second and final question, which I'm hoping is going to be a little bit more easier than than the last one. Um, who plays you in a movie of your life? Um, someone that's mad, someone that's crazy. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of actors like that, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Rob McElhaney. <laughs> Brilliant. Good shout. Yeah, Rob McElhaney. He's, I like the guy. I see him. He's, you know, he's, he's very passionate about Rex. I mean, I like what he does on Twitter. I like the way he responds to people. Yeah, I, I, I like the way he is. So maybe I would, I, I, he probably wouldn't want to play me, but I'll say him. Rob in a mid 90s mullet is just the way forward. We, we have to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to pick up on, um, you know, your first thoughts when you heard about the new owners. And, um, you know, are, are you a big Ryan Reynolds fan? 
Of course, yeah. You know, I mean, he's a Wrexham uh, owner. Isn't he? He's going to be. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, without without doubt. I mean, they give something not just to the fans, but they give it to everyone. Uh, you know, I'm a former player, of course I am. But you know, when you, as you well know, guys, more than me, because I've, I've been distracted with my work at other other areas. And I, but you know what's gone on. You know with the Hamiltons. You know what's gone on with this club. This club has gone out. You know, and the, the, the trust. Although, um, how can I say? It's been given so much abuse. They kept the club alive, you know, whether it was, you know, not the way people wanted it. You know, but we're still a football club and they have to pay, you know, you have to pay them a huge respect to that. You know, I know it hasn't gone on the playing side as we wanted it, but it stabilised the club, you know. So, yeah, but the new owners have given me belief and, you know, they're going to provide some money, which is great, which all clubs need, as you know, the record in this in this non-league if you have a little bit of money you're more chance of getting promotion as other teams have done it fleet would have done it and teams like that so you know it gives us a lot more chance of getting promotion you've touched on it a bit but um one thing that really frustrates me um since we've been in non-league is i've heard players say it i've heard managers say it i've heard other fans say it is that racks and fans expectations um are too high would you agree with that no they're not too high it's too low in my in my eyes. We want to be in the Premier League. We want to win the you know, World Cup. I, I don't know. For a fan, you're all fans of me, so you know you can relate to what I'm saying. Wrexham have to have that belief. They have to have expectations. Every fan's got expectations of the football club. It might be too high. Who cares? Let's aim for the top. Let's see how far we get. That's why I say about now, we still got a chance of promotion. Yeah, it might not be really realistic, but if you have to have that belief, you can do it. And let's see where we go from there. But yeah. I can understand, you know, Repton fans having that now. They've got money, you know, got good people behind us. I'm like them. I'm, I'm, still, I'm thinking the same thing. Yeah, we can, we can do it. Yeah, because it's just when you look at the sort of level that you played at, even, you know, people have seen that. They know it can be done. So I think, I guess they just think, why not, isn't it? Oh, why not? I mean, you have to have that belief. If not, don't, don't get involved with Wrexham Football Club. You know, a football fan has to be 110%. And you know we're Wrexham fan. I know them inside out. They're passionate. They want to get back to where they've been before. And yeah, you know, it's been a long time. But when that day comes, I tell you, Wrexham will explode. It'd be, it'd be incredible atmosphere. You know, people down the North Wales coast, I know I see a lot on my travels. You know, there's so many Wrexham fans who want to see them back in the Football League. And why not? I've got my expectations up there and no one's going to knock it down good for you and hopefully the squad and the new owners are listening to this but um fingers crossed we can get promoted this season if not then certainly this summer will be a key transfer window for the club you know in terms of it'll be our first big opportunity to make some big changes is it those types of players that are really willing to work for the shirt. Those are the ones we need, aren't they? If we're going to make this a success long term and go up the leagues. Yeah, I mean, see, I mean, you know, I've been a footballer and I, and as you said, I played at the top. I think, you know, the first thing that comes to mind now in the modern day player, and you wouldn't disagree with what I'm going to say, is that they think about the money. You know, you know, in the likes of Man United and everything, you know, you have to now provide them with money, you know, otherwise they'll go elsewhere. It won't be a better club, but they'll get more money. And that's what it is. You have to try and sell the club to, you know, to a, a, a player, tell them what this club's got, the ambitions of the football club, where they want to go. And with the new owners and that, they'll have that belief. And then you can entice them in. I, I think, you know, the, the all important thing and the big, big thing is that this, you have to be in the football league. And to get there, you have to try and get the best players. It's not going to be easy. 
but it's not down to you and me. It's down to the management. It's down to the football club to give them a you know a real big picture that this club is going to be where it wants to be. And I think you might be able to get one or two players in on on, on that side of it. And do you have a do you have a message for Ryan and Rob if they are listening if they if they stumble across this podcast or a video? What would you like to say to them if you could say something? Well, you put Wrexham alive, guys. You know, you give them uh, a belief that they can get back in the football league. You know, we believe. You know, with your support, we can do it. There's no question about that. You know, we have to get the right players in, and obviously get the right backroom staff, whatever, or a manager. It, it's important that we get everything right. But with their support, and and I know that from a football fan that 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 will give them great belief that we can get back in the football league. So listen, guys, when you come over here. Uh, I'd like to meet you and tell you about this football club because it's one of the great football clubs that should be back in the football league. Brilliant. Mickey, thank you so much for uh, joining us. It's been uh, an absolute pleasure. We're very grateful for your time and uh, it's great to hear that uh, passion that you obviously still got for the club. Yeah, without doubt. I've, I've enjoyed it, guys. I know what you all, I know what you feel about the football club and hopefully that, that where we're going to go is going to be this season. I believe it can happen. If you have that belief, we can do it. We'll have you back on at the end of the season when we're getting promoted. So. <laughs> oh, no, I'm on next week on it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Thank you. Brilliant. Take care. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks very much, Mickey. Take care. Bye, mate. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. See the Reds to fight together Speak their names with pride forever Marching with a mighty army Rexham is the name So our next feature's name is also inspired from the club anthem Wrexham is the name of course the mighty heroes each week we nominate one player in each position to be considered for the dream Wrexham 11 of our lifetime so around the last 30 years or so and after 11 weeks we'll have our ultimate first team of our lifetimes so far we've chosen Andy Marriott as our goalkeeper and Carlos Edwards as our right back I've been panned all over social media for that decision, even though we all kind of signed it off last week. So, I don't know. Any, oh, right, you can put it back on us now, are you, Did Rich? We? Okay, we fair enough. Well, on Wikipedia, I, he's an attack. Just because people can't cope with my my ultra-attacking philosophy, that's all it is. Mm, I might rein that in this this week, never mind. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, well, this week, anyway, we're going to pick our left-backs. Uh, and first up is Tim. You can go first, Tim. So... You've got 60 seconds, as always, to make the case for this left-back and why you think he should be in our ultimate starting eleven. So starting in three, two, one, go. I've gone for Neil Ashton and I'm going to hit you with numbers and that's the reason why I'm going to justify his inclusion. Ashton was with Wrexham between 2010 and 2015. He made 204 appearances, scoring nine goals. He helped Wrexham to the playoffs three seasons in a row, including that 98-point season. That very same season, he was voted player of the season for us. And yeah, I just think he's a very, very solid, astute defender, very clever, very composed and calm on the ball. He just had something about him as well. Wiley Scouser didn't, didn't mess around on the pitch. He got stuck in, he wound players up. Dirty little shit at times. 
Um, he just he, lo- he looked like somebody who come around to, to to brick up your wall or something. He just doesn't look like a defender. Um, <laughs> and I remember he, he scored two penalties at Stockport once, and he got uh, booked second yellow card for over celebrations. And as he went off, he was winding up all the Stockport fans. So that reason alone, Neil Ashton gets my bet. Nicely summed up. Um, okay, so that was the case for Neil Ashton. Um, now next we're going to have Liam. Liam, you're up next. So you got 60 seconds to make the case. For your player. So the left back I'm going to go for is Andy Holt. He joined Wrexham from Hull and had a pretty tough act to follow in Paul Edwards, but he did an absolutely outstanding job. Scooped up all the Player of the Season awards in the year that we won the LDV final. Um, some people might point to the fact he was part of a relegation side, but as we all know, we were absolutely robbed that season when being the first team to get deducted points. Um, and I was just really impressed with his, his all-round play, really really mean in defence. Uh, didn't give his opposition a yard. Um, so, yeah, Andy Holt, superb player. And as is tradition, I'm going to finish slightly early. Yeah, same as last week. You've got 15 seconds left. Uh, any any final words about Andy Holt? Last, last phrase. Uh, just that he was a, probably one of the most solid left backs I can I can recall, and yeah. Time's up. Can I solid. just pick you up on true to form? I'm going to finish early. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? society down in London. Okay, so it's my turn next, and I'll go in three, two, one, now. So I was a little bit torn over this. Uh, in the end, I've actually gone for Neil Taylor. Now, I do understand that uh, he mainly played for the club during three seasons that we'd probably all rather forget. <laughs> the, obviously, the relegation season and the Brian Little era and the early stages of sort of Dean Saunders at the helm. We were relegated and then had two pretty awful average mid-table seasons in the conference. But I think it's fair to say Taylor was one of our few bright sparks at that time. And I think perhaps he doesn't exactly jump out at you because we were such a mediocre side at the time. But obviously he's gone on to have a really solid career, not just for Wales, but at Swansea and now Aston Villa. He's from St Asaph, so that automatically gets you extra points for being local, doesn't it, Liam, as we discussed last week? Uh, in terms of stats, he came through the academy and made 75 appearances between 2007 and 2010. He only scored three times, but he was a very, very solid left-back. Good delivery into the box, decent attacker when he got going. Not the flashiest of players, but for me, in terms of players I wa- watched, um, he was a great player. And uh, Mr Gilpin, you're last up, so uh, you've got the task of uh, summing up uh, the fourth uh, left-back that we'll be choosing. So in three... And the best. And the best, oh, apparently. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so three, two, three, two, one, go. Well, everyone loves King Carl Connolly, but there's a major reason why he was so good. Philip Hardy. I don't know his middle name. But even that sums up Hardy. He was so underrated, you actually mention him in relation to someone else. This is despite playing 349 games for Wrexham over 11 years and probably one of the best sides we can all remember. He was defensively sound. He was the main reason Connolly was allowed to thrive. He did so much good work at the back that Kim Carl was allowed to go bully that fullback. Incredibly hard to beat as well. He had a good recovery skills and was quicker than you remember. He's also decent coming forward, even though he only scored one goal for the club. On top of that, he was a Republic of Ireland under 21 international and Hardy is another one of our own coming through the youth system. All in all, 
a bona fide club legend in every sense of the word. There's a reason why we always sang you'll never beat Phil Hardy. You couldn't do it on the pitch. You can't do it in a podcast. You would be foolhardy not to pick Phil Hardy. Oh, yeah, we, can't, we, we, can't have, we can't have that last bit. That's gone. That was out of time. We can't allow that. <laughs> yeah, as time was up. Sorry, I have to get to that. That came to me on the tube today. I was absolutely made up the with tube. Uh, uh, okay, I'll go first. I, 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 being the whippersnapper that I am, haven't seen Phil Hardy play. Um, however, and, and I, I'm drawn, loved, loved Ashy, and was a big fan of Holt. Um, so, I'm. I'm torn between those two personally. Are you? You're torn between Neil Ashton and Andy Holt. Okay, <laughs> I'm. I'm just going to say that Phil Hardy played for Wrexham when Wrexham were in the pomp. They were in the third division. Well, you know what is the third division mm. now? They had a great team, and he was an absolute mainstay. He helped Carl Conley be the player he is. I don't think you can look past Phil Hardy. But has he played at a World Cup though? Like Neil no, Taylor. but he is an international. Any of your guys internationals? <laughs> Apart from Neil Taylor, who's a well-known Washington national. <laughs> so 50% of them are, are internationals. <laughs> Tim, thoughts on Phil Hardy? Any thoughts? Oh, I mean, obviously it's only our third podcast, but this is the strongest field we've had, I think, in, in terms of selection. Definitely. No weak, um, no weak links. I here. mean, yeah, I mean, every, each and every one of them in their own right is a really, really, really wonderful left back there's no doubt about it um yeah I, I can understand Andy's case of Phil Hardy he was a very very good player tidy wasn't exactly tall or anything quite mobile I personally think Ashton's kind of got the edge really just for his, his distribution and his ability to play midfield uh, well Phil Hardy, um, I love Andy Holt. Andy's, well. Andy's eyes have rolled oh, back. Into his he's throwing his toys at <laughs> the fan by singing, doing a singing protest. Um, yeah, Taylor, great, great player, and obviously cut the mustard at the Euros. But did he stay long enough for us to have him down as a bona fide all-time great left back? No. So I'm still going to stick to my guns and go with my own choice. Okay. What do you think, Liam? Well, as, as my uh, lengthy testimonial to Andy Holt told you, you know, I'm Andy Holt till I die. Um, I, I think, I don't know, I think Neil Taylor is has to be the shout for me just because of what he went on to went on to achieve. And yeah, you'll say he didn't play for us for too long, wasn't one of the bona fide greats. But Phil Hardy hasn't played at a World Cup, hasn't scored at a World Cup. So if I were to lean to anyone else... Mr. Taylor. Well, never is Neil Taylor, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. he's played he's at the Euros, never World Cup. <laughs> um, oh. I, I, um, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to edge towards Andy Holt, personally. Um, I, 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 apologies, Andy, I've not seen Phil Hardy play, so I don't know what you want me to do. I've no, I, I'm, so I'm torn. But in terms of, in terms of the three I've been offered, I, I'm tempted towards Liam's pick. All right, Holt. can we just go on stats? The stats are... Phil Hardy played more games than any other the other left backs in this choice, and he played them at a higher level. We can't have Neil Ashton because it was non league. Well, we can't this, have. We this can't is a dead heat. Neil... This is oh. a tie. No, there's, no, there's, no, no. There's a tie here. There's two for Twitter. Holt. There's Twitter. two for Holt, and there's two for Taylor. So we we put it oh, to the public what? vote. No, no, I don't think that's true. I think because I've I, I've 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 gone from Taylor to Holt. So, <laughs> so Holt's having it then, is he? 
Well, I think Andy might tough, cry. Well, it sounds it? like he is. So, okay, Andy Holt, <laughs> a wing back released by Hull, is Wrexham's best ever left back. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I don't want to be involved in, the, in deciding this because I'm still scarred from my cancellation. Well, I think I think Andy might cry if we vote against uh, Phil Hardy on his birthday. I think I think he might actually. No, no, it's fair enough. I mean, Holt cry. was a great player. Holt was a great player. I've not seen Hardy play. I, I honestly, it's it's difficult. Okay. It's difficult. Well, take it from me. He was all things to all men. Okay. <laughs> are we are we going? What are we saying? Holt, I'm not. I'm not being held responsible for this again. I, I, well, I, I, I think people make could a kill us. <laughs> it, get, it gets very contentious. Um, Okay, I think Andy Holt was a great player, and I was very pleased when he signed for Wrexham, and he was a he was a good servant to us. So if we had to go someone, I would put him above Taylor, who didn't play enough, and Ashton, who played in a lower league. Tim thoughts on that? Loved I think Ashton, you're the, the decide. I think you're the deciding vote, basically. Uh, Holt or Hardy? I don't know. I mean, I can see where Andy's coming from, and I know he was getting hung up on the numbers there, um, and I understand that. I suppose Holt was in the LDV fans' final um, squad as well. Um, you know, obviously that season we obviously went down. So <laughs> is he as great as we're making him out to be? No, well, he had a ten-point deduction. You couldn't really. Yeah, I know. He's quite. He's very tall for a left back, Andy Holt. To be fair, um, but yeah, very good. Are in we going to make them bare knuckle fist fight now? <laughs> no. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, if you're asking me to slightly deviate away from Ashton, if I absolutely have to, then I would probably have to plump for Phil Hardy. Yeah. Oh. Right. Park. Go for you two have seen him play. We'll, we'll go for Phil Hardy. We're, we're, we'll 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 do it. He's our pick then. It's got to be Phil Hardy. Okay. I feel, I feel like people might. That's I feel fine. like people might I've kill seen... us if we didn't. So. <laughs> Any honourable mentions, gents? Left backs we should have uh, who who've missed, who haven't quite made the cut. Well, Mr. Imad Bunane, of course. Imad <laughs> <laughs> Bunane. Uh, I think uh, Imad could probably be in the best and worst 11s for Wrexham. <laughs> yeah, I never forgot that time he hit the bar, that marauding run. Are we calling Paul Edwards a left back or my? Oh my God! You, it's up to you. This. <laughs> you, I love you've it. Got no say but he was a great player. I'm not saying he was a left back, but he was a great player. That's all I'm saying. What I would um, say about Paul Edwards is he was left less of a left back than Carlos was a right back. Yeah, he was more more of an out and out attacker. Really, wasn't yeah. He? yeah. I, I, he was a converted winger. Where I yeah. think Carlos was talented enough that he could play probably yeah. anywhere down the right yeah. side. Um, yeah, I think we have to uh, mention Joey Jones because he's already angry enough with me as it is. Um, so it'd be wrong of us not to include him. Um, I've got Joey down for a centre half, to be honest. <laughs> well, this is this I've is got just another honourable mention which has to go in. Oh yeah, who's the other honourable mention? Alan Kennedy. Ah. Okay. How many games for Wrexham <laughs> there? I think he played about 15 or 16, but obviously he won everything there was, there was to win at Liverpool. And then he came and had a season with us. So I think it'd be rude not to mention him. Okay. Um, I've got enough. a couple, yeah. couple of other historic he? ones. <laughs> Has Phil Hardy got, won um, a, a 1984 European Cup final penalty? I don't know. <laughs> Who are the other ones, Liam? 
Uh, we've got um, Ali McGowan, is one I've seen mentioned, played 408 games for Exmouth. We're going to talk about stats between 53 and 63. Um, so that was one of them. And then going, going back even further, we've got uh, Horace Blue, going back towards the 1900s. He was a Welsh international. And apparently he was also the landlord of a Wrexham pub. Oh, that should get him a spot. The Raglan Arms on Lampit Street. <laughs> Raglan Arms, lovely. Right, well, um, mm-hmm. now they've selected a left-back, uh, Phil Hardy. Next week, uh, it'll be the time for centre-backs. Uh, but it's nearly the end of the podcast now. It's time for a final short feature. We are here to see your glory. So at the end of each podcast, we each make a prediction for any upcoming games. Andy, take us through last week's results first. Well, Dower Reese williams um, was the winner, the true winner from the midweek, going for a draw when everyone else went for a win. So I think I went 2-1. I think Liam and Tim both went 1-0. Reese, you went for a Dower one-all draw with no 30-man brawl. Well, you were wrong on that, but you were right on the fact it was a it was a draw. So you have two points, while the rest of us are bringing up the rear on zero points. Thank you very much indeed. Um, next week we've got Bromley uh, on Saturday. There's no midweek game, so uh, thoughts on that one first. Let's go. Let's go with Tim first. What's your prediction? Um, I mean, we're on a good run of form. Obviously, I think Bromley are looking fairly decent. They they've had a They've come off the back of an away win at Yeovil. Um, and before that, they've had a draw against Barnet and another away win on the road at Eastleigh. So, obviously, there are no mugs. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more cautious and I'm going to go for one each. Liam? Um, I think I'm going to be confident. I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to us. It's uh, had a run of tough games Sort of had that Eastley game, got Bromley teams in similar positions, but I really like the way we fought back um, the other night. So I'm going to go for us two one. Actually, can I re-amend my score line? I forgot they they're going to be playing a midweek match, which we don't. So they'll have a game more, um, and we'll have more time to recover. So I'm going to go for a two one victory to Wrexham. Okay, change of heart, Andy. What about you? Um, do you know what? I'm going to go three one. I don't know what's come over me, um, but I can You've see... changed. You know, now, to be honest, I, I saw so much heart and passion on Tuesday night that I think they can take that team spirit into this game. Bromley, Bromley play on like a plastic pitch and coming to the race course, it's a big pitch. It's one they can exploit. I just hope that, you know, they, uh, that Wrexham pick the right team and actually go off on the front foot and I can see a 3-1 victory. Well, universally confident. I don't think I can deviate it from this time. I've got, I went for a draw uh, on Tuesday night and I was right this time around. I think I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll go one up. They'll knock one back, but then we'll get a winner later on. Let's go with that. Um, Okay. So universal confidence here. We'll uh, see you uh, next week for the next podcast. Uh, But for now, uh, thank you very much for listening and thank you again to, to Mickey Thomas for his time. But it's a bye from me and it's a goodbye from Andy. Goodbye. Liam. Cheerio. And Tim. Hulvaur. Hulvaur indeed. See you next week. Rexham is the name. Rexham. Rexham.